Hello, sexy nerds of the Nerd Imperium. Welcome to this week's episode of the Currently Nerdy Podcast. We are your inner conclave of nerdum. My name is Diz, and I am your pop culture and sports nerd. Ali? I am Oli, your classic nerd. We have a bit of a somber uh, episode yeah, man. this time around. Uh, I mean, most of our topics have been pretty heavy the past few weeks. Yeah, anyway, dude, f- fuck 2020. It's, it has not been a... I I always feel guilty because I'm like personally it's actually not been a bad year at all. Yeah, man. Like I'm I just got engaged. Yeah, I know. You know? Exciting. Yeah. So exciting. Congrats, congrats to me. Very <laughs> Thank congratulations. You. It's uh exciting times personally for you. Yeah. Po- relatively positive times for me like but it's been a funky year. It has been, man. It's like it's weird. Like how does it as- feel especially because yours is yours is very big. My engagement? Your news, yeah. Oh, my news, yeah. So here's the thing, right? It feels weird because it's been such a shitty year, and, like, I'm seeing everyone else, like, devastated by it, right? And there's a lot of, like, shitty things that have happened, like, for me, too, in 2020, like, as far as, like, work and stuff like that. Like, it's been, like, rough. Um, Like, not too bad. Like, I still have a job, thank God, you know? (laughs) But it's, like... um, it's, 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 It's just been a lot harder at work than, like, you know, than it was before. But, like... It's weird having this tremendous amount of happiness in a year that's so somber. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you feel bad, kind of. Like, it's like survivor's guilt, kind of. Well, well yeah. maybe, maybe. Uh, 2020 survivor's guilt. Oh, shit. I can't, uh, I can't even think of it that way. But uh, maybe your, your news will bring some happiness to other people. I hope as well. so, man. Yeah, hopefully. Like, excited? Yeah, man. I'm super excited. I found an amazing beautiful smart wonderful like she's the greatest person i've ever met and somehow i conned her into falling in love with me man well yeah. you know yeah. i don't know how i did it but i did it i was gonna say something snark- snarky and sarcastic but i'm just gonna keep it sincere i think it's <laughs> i was <laughs> there's an, the, i couldn't help it there's an inherent part of me that would have said something funny but but <laughs> the, just to keep it to keep it sincere i'm very happy for you thank very you i appreciate it you. appreciate and, it uh, yeah. I do think it's it's maybe it'll be a, a little spot of happiness and, yeah. and light in a very funky, funky year. And, you know, as we're talking, like, it's massive protests that are going on, right? Yeah. It's and, just uh, a lot. Literally, I mean, against police brutality that's been going on, I mean, for years, but really has been kicked off since summer. And then, like, we're not even joking when I say, like, just a couple days ago, like the same thing happened down in LA. Yeah, uh, was right? it Daniel Prude? Was yeah, the guy? it was an LA shooting, and then there's like, they no, there just... was the, there. Did you not see the other one where the cops put a fucking plastic yeah, bag over the guy's yeah, head? There, but that was a that was a. It's been it's been like like they just released that video, right? It's like you're sitting there going, Jesus Christ, right? It's like every every Damn. time every time it's like something new. You think something it's dying down, and then a new video comes did, out. Did you see um the uh the Surgeon General? What he said? No, I didn't see that. So the Surgeon General said that we would mandate, like, make it a nationwide mandate that everyone has to wear masks. But we've seen uh, excessive policing from people, like, excessive policing as it is, and we don't want to make the situation worse. Jesus. So basically, they're saying. They're afraid of making a mandate for a nationwide mandate that you have to wear masks out in public because the cops 
already fucking kill black people enough well, I mean, as we, it is. We, we saw it in New York, right? Like oh, New yeah. York ended up policing like right off the bat. Yeah, there was this video that came out where you, they were harassing a young uh, black couple. And there's like a white couple like right next right next to them. Yeah. Also not wearing a mask. So yeah, it's they were like, they were handing out masks in white neighborhoods. Yeah. And then they were like arresting people without masks in yeah, black neighborhoods, black and brown neighborhoods. Video of a guy getting pulled off a bus. Like it's it's just one of those instances where the it, everyone knows that the police are racist, but like even the police know, no, and they but, just don't care. But the thing is, they refuse. Is, they, they they just refuse to ignore. I mean, there's 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 a level of audacity when you start beating people up at protests against police brutality. How dare you call us brutal? Yeah, right. Here's <laughs> the like, thing, you know, man. Come on, man. Really? It's it's it it pisses me off because you said you said something, right? You said everyone knows the police are racist. No, they don't. That's the thing, right? You have a a. a big population in this country who doesn't think that the police no, no, are racist. I, dis- I disagree with that. I think that they know that it's racist. Oh, they, they just, just don't give a shit? They refuse to acknowledge it. They refuse to, to admit it out loud. I think everybody knows. Because if you would ask them the question, if they would switch, a, switch places with a black person, they'd say no to you. Mm-hmm. They'd deny it. They, they wouldn't want yeah, to. Yeah, 100%. They know it. They know 100%. They'd ask, like, would you want to be treated like a black person? If a cop was coming, and they'd be like, nope. They yeah. know it. They just yeah. refuse to admit that the cops are racist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as in the middle of all of this, in the middle of, of a global pandemic, in the middle of, our de- of American democracy falling apart, all of this, you, we, we had um, a very tragic death, uh, a very sudden and tragic death just happened right as we were releasing our podcast last week. Um, so we, we missed it. Um, but it was it was very much in line with with this podcast. It was the passing of Chadwick Boseman, a uh, very yeah. uh, important actor for for us on this podcast because we're huge fans of Black Panther. Uh, but also his his previous work as Jackie Robinson. He's played so many Titanic figures. He played Thurgood Marshall. Thurgood Marshall. Yeah. It, it's very interesting that that he's um, he played such historic figures. And we found out that um, he had been struggling through Black Panther with uh, fighting cancer. Yeah, he's had colon cancer since 2016. And yeah. um, in that time, he filmed Black Panther. He filmed Avengers, both the Avengers. He filmed uh, the Thurgood Marshall movie. And he also yeah. filmed 42, which was the Jackie Robinson movie. And... Um, he posted a video a few weeks ago that he took down on Instagram. Um, I, I, he was it's still talking, up. It's still up. It's still is up. it? Yeah, oh, but but it was a. Uh, it's one of those moments where you're like, damn, social media really fucked up. Yeah, like people were just like talking all this shit about him. Like, oh, look at you, bro. You look like you're a crack addict. This and that. The guy was fighting like cancer and he was literally dying. Yeah, it was, um, it's a video of him where he does look ill. He yeah, very clearly looks ill. He's lost a lot of weight in the video. And- um, you know, social media being social media. I mean, there's a whole other topic talking about like the utter cruelty. There's a lot of moments where where the internet can be a great place and can be undefeated and funny and whatnot. But it was also such a stark example of the utter cruelty of people behind keyboards mm-hmm. um, talking. Like you don't know what what people are struggling with. You don't know what someone's struggle is. Um, just like if you don't add to a conversation, if you're not being kind, 
you know, just shut the fuck up, you know. Um, and that, that was really an example of that. But little did everyone know, and hopefully everyone who participated in that feels a bit ashamed, that he had been struggling. I mean, there, there's a, there's really, like, something Im- amazingly impressive of the fact that he put out this brilliant body of work while still doing all of this. Yeah. Like, while still suffer, like going through yeah, struggling treatment and, yeah. and and mind you like let's talk about the fact that he was able to keep it private this entire time yeah right? like talk about having a real good circle around you but there is a there is a more tragic component to this too i mean in addition to his right. death right yeah we got to note the fact that he obviously had to he obviously felt like he had to keep it secret yeah right like, there that, that's sad right that like it is there's a there's something to be said about the way we treat illness and disability in this country mm-hmm. that someone like Chadwick Boseman, Boseman didn't feel comfortable, didn't think that he could land the jobs that he did, mm-hmm. didn't think that he could do what he did had he been open about his diagnosis. Yeah, that's true, right? Yeah. Because, um, like, I remember so those who listen to us know that, like, I'm a, I'm a big WWE fan, right? Yeah. And, yeah. um... There's a, a wrestler by the name of Roman Reigns who right. quite publicly like talked about having leukemia, right? I didn't know he had leukemia originally. He had leukemia like uh, a couple years ago and uh, he went into remission and then the cancer came back uh, like a year and a half, two years ago, the cancer came back and, um, you know, he had to leave because of it. And it, it was a struggle because even when he came back, right, like he, he fought leukemia twice, and and one right so far hopefully knock on wood i'm knocking on wood right now you can't hear it but um because i don't want to be too loud so it pops up on the podcast but he's fought leukemia twice and come back and when he came back people were talking about him like oh maybe he was faking it because he doesn't look like he lost weight right, like right. he didn't lose any hair blah 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 blah. and it's like dude you know like <laughs> not everyone loses like not everyone has to go through chemo for for yeah. cancer you know yeah. like there there are other medicines you can take um other and, treatments you can do yeah there's other treatments you could take and like people were like saying oh he faked it for a storyline yeah. you know like and that's just him opening up about having cancer right that's the part the other part of it is like especially with a treatment like cancer it becomes your whole identity right? mm-hmm. even if you don't want to make it about that right like you're like i don't want to be my illness people will make you into your illness it's true right? and so there's there's that component of it that that in of itself is just like, whew. and then the, the 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 another element to this is the fact that people are talking about, um, you know, him working during his illness as as something heroic, right? And certainly, certainly, it is without a doubt evidence of of an amazing willpower and a great acting chops. Right? Like, I mean, he did Black Panther. These are not easy, physically easy movies to be doing. No, right. Yeah. Um, but there is like that, uh, that American, very capitalistic mindset of where work <laughs> equals something good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like what if he had spent those years just recuperating? Right? Yeah. Would is we, he not, is not, he not still a hero? Is he, yeah. Is he still not being heroic in his struggle? Like, yeah. so there is an element of like, like, like chill. Don't define people by the work that they do, right? Yeah. Like the effort that they put in. Yeah. But the the video that really got to me was um, 
he was visiting can- like kids who had cancer. Yeah, dude, I saw while that. He himself had it and he kept it to himself. Like there's an ele- there's there's such a clear example of a selflessness there, right? Like what mm-hmm. like what a like overt example of someone who's able to to go, you know, I'll I'll suffer in silence if I can help alleviate somebody else. Right? Yeah. Right? At any time you could have been like, look, I have I don't want to do this. Yeah, it's it's, it's tough, you know, like, I, I wouldn't blame them. Like, yeah. if you're battling cancer, I think the last thing you want to see is, like, young kids dying yeah. of cancer, you know? Like, it's it's not, bro, no one wants to see, like, young kids dying of cancer, but he took time out and went yeah. to go and visit these kids yeah. and try to make them feel better, and that's, yeah. that's you know, like, heroic, you know? And I, and I wonder if, like, the, the diagnosis of cancer is what led to the type of movies that he took on. I don't know. He, cause like he, he took on these roles that were very like, when you think of like black cinema and black people being portrayed in cinema, right? Yeah. There's because of the way Hollywood exploits black people in, in, in cinema, you don't see a lot of like leading men that get the roles that like Chadwick Boseman got. Right. Yeah. It's right. like him and Denzel Washington, and now yeah. um, uh, Denzel's son is starting to take like these these roles too, yeah. right? Uh, but like he he didn't get like typecast as like you know like he didn't have to play like a thug or no. you know like a gangster. Well, that's or... the thing is, but I'm, I'm he played such her like historic figures. Yeah. Right. There's a someone says like he gave us our fi- our figures. He gave us like f- this was a black person who was saying this, right? He's like. He literally gave us Thurgood Marshall, Jackie Robertson, and Black Panther. Yeah. Right? It's like when you think, you know, black icons, you're going to think Chadwick Boseman. Oh, and he also, um, he did someone else. He did like a singer. Uh, um, oh, that's right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Oh, why is it slipping my head right now? Uh, it, was, it was a really famous, like, black musician i mean i'm I, very clear name it's just one of those we're, we're recording this at like 11 at night for me so yeah it, it was uh Slugged jackie brown no not jackie brown it was uh james brown right uh, was it james brown I, i'm pretty sure he did he was uh james brown i'm gonna double ch- yeah do you play james brown and get on up oh my god yeah he was so literally he like when you think black icons you're gonna think Chadwick Boseman. yeah right? it's brilliant right so in some ways i wonder if like the remembrance of death, the awareness and consciousness of death, right, made him or pushed him in a direction in which you would create such a legacy. Um, right? I, a part of me wants to say yes, right, yeah. but also a part of me wants to say that he wanted to break, like the stereotypical roles that like black actors get in Hollywood. No, it's um, without a doubt. You know, and like, and I. I see that because of like the stuff that he would say, right? Like, cause you, you hear conversations with him and, um, uh, with Denzel. Cause I think Denzel helped like pay for his schooling at Howard. He did, yeah. Um, uh, his, uh, study abroad. Yeah. Uh, Angela Davis spoke about how he was like her personal assistant when he was at Howard university and she was, uh, doing like a commencement speech there. Like he was the person that was like shadowing her and like being like taking care of her and stuff. Um, and like she like her message was insane like that they were meant to work together you know like she's like you were you and i were meant to work together and then the what michael b jordan wrote like that that really like you know like got yeah, me. Uh, angela uh, bassett 
what, what did, I, did I say Angela Davis? Yeah, not the political activist, the actress. Sorry, I meant Angela Bassett. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mixed yeah. up. Uh, what's her name? Who, by the way, does not yeah. age. We should. We should. Remember. Angela Bassett. Yeah. yeah. I mixed. I mixed Angela Bassett and uh, Violetta Davis. Or oh, Viola Davis. Yeah, Viola yeah. Davis. Yeah. Uh, My how bad. dare you? How dare you? <laughs> both Two, amazing actresses. Both, both amazing, but very <laughs> yeah. different. Yeah, yeah, very but, different. Uh, I just mixed uh, the names. A- Angela Bassett. Whatever uh, her skincare routine is, she needs to. Yeah. Drop Dude, she was Stella twenty something almost thirty years ago. <laughs> she has not aged a <laughs> yeah. single. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, when when I when when we talk about when I use the word stunning, that's I always imagine Angela Bassett. Probably one of the most stunning women. Yeah, uh, true. Of of all time, like, like genuinely stunning and fucking ageless. That's true. Whatever she's whatever her skincare routine is, she's got to drop that. She's gonna make bank. Yeah. Because she has not. She's aged in her seventies, dude. Literally in her seventies, I think. Aged and a like, day, my god, flawless. But, dude. Uh, same thing with a. Uh, like we gotta be honest. Ch- I thought he he passed away very young, forty three. Yeah, but he's a lot. He was a lot older than I thought he was. Yeah, I didn't think he was forty three. I did not think he was forty three. Yeah, yeah. If you had like paid me money, I'd be like, hey, he's twenty eight, twenty nine, maybe thirty. No, what, you thought he was like, our age, or you thought he was younger? Yeah, than I you? thought he was our age. I didn't. No. Think he was yeah, 30. I would. I would guess like thirty five, thirty six. I wouldn't guess. I wouldn't say thirty five, thirty six. I thought he was like in his. I thought he was like twenty eight to thirty is what I thought his age range. No, he, bro, I didn't. Think he, he looks that very young. young. Yeah. Um, very very young, but he's forty three. Yeah, very dude. surprisingly, a little bit older than I had expected. You know what's uh, crazy? But still very young. You know he died on Jackie Robinson Day. Oh my God! Did he? Really? Yeah. So yeah, uh, the day he passed was uh, Jackie Robinson Day in the MLB. So every team was wearing like so on Jackie Robinson Day. Every team, every player wears number forty-two, and you know, like for Jackie Robinson, that was his number, and that number is retired uh, in all of baseball. So nobody in baseball can wear a number forty-two. But on Jackie Robinson Day, which is one day a year, every single player wears number forty-two, right, in remembrance of him and like breaking the the uh color boundaries in baseball um and it's he played jackie robinson in in 42 and he died on jackie robinson day which was uh it's like some kind of like weird like poetry or i don't know what what other word to use it like like iron it's not not irony but you know what i'm talking about there's there's symbolism there yeah right like it's just like significance yeah yeah, he um again it it came as a shock. It was announced on on Twitter, on social media by his family. Yeah, on yeah, it was they did it from his it Twitter was, which it, yeah, it was not linked, it was not leaked, which was honestly like in 2020 we lost Kobe Bryant, which got yeah, leaked I, via Yeah, I pointed TMZ. that out the other day and people were like, "Oh my god," cuz like Kobe Bryant almost feels like like a year ago, two years ago. Yeah, I mean, right. it, obviously it was very. It was like yeah, right it was January twenty twenty. It's right at the beginning of the year, right? So yeah. obviously it feels a year ago, but it feels a lot. It doesn't feel like it's in the same year. No, dude, right? it's fucking this this year's been a decade long. It has been a decade, um, but I think the the coverage of and we talked about this, the coverage of Kobe Bryant was horrific. Yeah, right, because of TMZ. His family found out via TMZ, man. Yeah. Like, like that's um. So this was, I think, there was this was such a radically different experience in that regard. Um, TMZ wasn't involved. There was no tabloids. There was no sensationalization. It was just his like again. The people around him were just the best of people. Clearly, right? Yeah. People who who really had his back. Um, but for us here on on the podcast, he he had. 
such great significance because in addition to like the great works that he does, Black Panther really stood out as our favorite Marvel movie, or at least the yeah. top Marvel movie for most of us. Yeah. Um, we, did and, our, we did our list, remember? Yeah, we did our list, and yeah. we've covered Black Panther in great deal. Um, and also because there's something... I don't... I'm not very... I, I, uh, I don't want to give Disney any credit in any way, shape, or form, right? Mm-hmm. But it's hard not to deny the fact that Black Panther is groundbreaking. Right. I, would you say Disney or, Disney or Ryan Coogler? Yeah, I'm Ryan Coogler, but I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. Disney owns it all, right? True, true. So, it, and it is groundbreaking. And sure, the politics aren't exactly perfect. I talked about it, right? About how yeah. technically the CIA helps reinstall a monarch. Yeah. <laughs> so the politics aren't perfect in it, but it represents in, in many ways a such a pivotal character for the time period that we're living in, right? Mm-hmm. What if an African colony or African country had been uh, spared colonization, right? What would that look like? And the empowerment that that grants, the vision that that grants, the hope that that grants, all stems from that. It's fiction, but some of our most powerful truths, some of our deepest yearnings, some of our strongest and and clearest moral clarities come from fiction. Yeah. Um, and we really see it in, in Black Panther. I mean, it really was Wakanda forever became a thing. Yeah. Right? You know, Akon's talking about creating a Wakanda. Um, people are saying uh, Wakanda forever. For, for years, they've been saying it now, thanks to that movie. Right? Yeah. I, um, you know what got me? was um i watched that jimmy fallon's like it's not a skit but that jimmy fallon thing where um they had people talking to the poster of oh, black yeah, panther yeah, yeah. and he was hidden behind yeah he's hidden behind it and just yes, like hearing yes, yes. how important it was to like the black community to see that kind of representation yeah you know like and it's not just positive representation it's uh representation with a vision yeah right of what could be, of what can be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and w- I talked about the power of Afrofuturism in, in our podcast about Black Panther, right? I said people, people uh, Black Americans have a very different experience of history. Yeah. White Americans grow up in a very affirmative experience of history. That is, that history tells them everything has been leading up to them. Mm-hmm. That all of this is for them. From Plato to George Washington, to you. That is a very affirming experience. It's why when you ask a bunch of white people, they think of history as a hobby for themselves, right? They're, well, I'm a history buff, <laughs> right? They say that. Yeah, Every time you've heard that, right? All the time, bro. Why? Because it's, for them, it's, about, it's a personal narrative. Yeah. But what happens when you have people whose literal ancestry is lost? I mean, when you think about the transatlantic slave trade, the, the Atlantic Ocean isn't a body of water. It's a cemetery. Yeah. That's that a... does, yeah, that does something. And then you add to it that they, per, the story of us, the quote, that's what history is, right? The story of us excludes you. And when you are included, it is as slaves. Yeah. Literally. That is a very, very different experience of world history. Yeah. Black history in America is told um, as slaves. 
as people yeah. that were in an after slavery as people that were seen as not quite yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's not human a history almost. that makes you go oh yay yeah right? that's <laughs> all about me no no oh george washington that's grand uncle <laughs> you know i have relatives <laughs> you know what and and for some people they do have fucking some of these f- quote-unquote founding fathers oh, as they their do. relatives absolutely you you know the people fucking who know their them. genealogy but again there's whole gaps in that that ancestral tree what afrofuturism does is it it's an answer to that right because the past is bleak, but what if we reimagine the future? Mm-hmm. Or what if we reimagine the past where colonization doesn't happen? And so this is why Black Panther, yes, it's a comic book. Yes, it's a comic book movie. But this is why it's so significant, right? And why it was so importantly timed and so meaningful for the time period that we're living in is yeah. that it addresses that particular issue, right? Mm-hmm. When you walk around a country and you see statues of people who literally enslaved your ancestors, right, or who fought to keep you enslaved, that tells you the story of a people, yeah. right? That tells you the story of the country you're living in. It's a, it's you sad, need yeah. something to, to address that. And so Black Panther becomes its own monument, right? Mm-hmm. It's an, its own figure, and it provides a sense of succor and relief and hope in, in, in really kind of a bleak historical understanding. Uh, I, I think one of the things that really stood out to me was when uh, I found out that Chadwick Boseman insisted on having the accent that he did. Because in most movies, when you meet people of color who are either black or African or, or Indian or whatnot, if they're educated, they have a British accent. Yes. They have a Euro-American accent yeah. indicating that they've been educated where? In Oxford. or That's always, that's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I went to Harvard or I went to Oxford. Yeah. He insisted on having a, an African accent to emphasize that his intelligence is also rooted in Africa. Yeah. Right? That he did not have to rely on Euro-American education in order to become Black Panther, in order to become educated. And I thought that was very... That really speaks to what we're talking about here, right? This speaks to the dynamic and the fact that he was so aware of that and cognizant of that and made such a conscientious choice speaks to how powerful Black Panther is. Even with all the flaws and things, it really is an immensely powerful movie for what it could it represents uh what a future could look like mm-hmm. and what the past could have been now we're not talking about vibrating i'm yeah. talking about a black panther suit and superpowers what we're talking about is is reimagining re- re- historical wrongs mm-hmm. and that's what black panther does yeah right? it, uh... i mean our first kind of hint of black panther is what it's it's the guy it's in Civil uh, War. It, no, no, no. It's in Ultron. Before he even shows oh, up. Oh, yeah, yeah. They talk about... Uh, they they show, like, talk Wakanda about he there. goes to Wakanda and he steals Vibranium and as a result gets branded for it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He gets branded for it. No, they, that, took his, they took his arm. No, they take... He loses his arm later, right? But he... Yeah, yeah the, the, the branding on his, uh, his neck is the big one. 
Oh, oh yeah, that's right, right that's right, that's right. Yeah, you know, he loses his arm later, but the the branding on his neck, the Wakandan for 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 thief, etc. Right. So again, w- w- the introduction of Black Panther, or at least the idea of Black Panther, is what a rejection of the poacher, of the colonist, mm-hmm. of the of the capitalist who comes to ravage the land of its natural resources. Yeah. Right. Isn't it like that's interesting? Really, that's very yeah. interesting. And then we see Black Panther. In some ways, Black Panther is almost. Uh, it flies in the face of the rest of the Avengers. It's the anti-Tony Stark to some extent, right? True. Yeah. Right. As much as I love Tony Stark, right? Let's not let's let's not kid ourselves. Tony Stark is a capitalist, true <laughs> and industri- industrial capitalist, and not just an industrial capitalist, but one that wreaks devastation everywhere he goes, even as he's trying to do good. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's that scene in, in, in Ultron where he has to buy the building before he destroys it, right? Yeah. But that, that speaks to Tony Stark. Whereas, on the other hand, Black Panther is about, uh, is, is literally flying in the face of that, is a rejection of that colonial Euro-American vision, right? Mm-hmm. He starts off as very clearly an isolationist. Yeah. Right? We don't want to do anything to do with the rest of the world. Right. And by the end, he's willing to accept, you know, he's willing to help the rest of the community. He's willing to to be integrated in part of the world. And that's a nice that's a nice message. Right. But but the, his first example is is a sense of sanctuary or his first sense. We need to create a safe place mm-hmm. for our people. Yeah. Right? And that's powerful. Yeah. And that's uh, a, and then uh, one of the things that like. Chadwick. So we found out through Ryan Coogler after Chadwick's passing yeah. that um, that line by uh, Killmonger, right? Michael B. Jordan's character Killmonger in the end, where he's like, "Bury me at sea with my ancestors," right? Yeah. Like that. That came from uh, from Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. He's like, mm-hmm. he would. We want to make it so like, because in Chadwick Boseman's eyes, there wasn't a villain in that movie. Right. right, right. K- Killmonger wasn't a villain. It was two si- like there were just two different sides of the coin, yeah. you know. And like he wanted to show like that Chad, uh, uh, Killmonger's character would rather not be like tied to this land that like you know didn't accept them as like their own, and that's why he wanted to go out. So like he came up with this idea for why Killmonger should be buried at sea, and that's. Dude, it was it was one of my favorite lines in the movie, you know, like Killmonger saying that I don't want to be buried in Wakanda, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Um, and also, he, there was a lot of people I saw online. There was a lot of most people I saw on tw- like on Twitter and Facebook were like, you know, very like empathetic and sympathetic to to people that were sad about you know like Chadwick Boseman dying, who didn't know Chadwick. Mm-hmm. Like, I was sad. You know, like I legit like was was hurt seeing that, and um, and it bothered me to see that people were like upset that like other people were sad because you know a celebrity passed away, and I I get you know being against celebrity culture and like yeah, and all I'm that. pretty openly against celebrity culture. Yeah, and, and I, I and I t- it on 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 multiple multiple occasions and i totally get that right yeah but i also think it's okay to be sad and to mourn someone that you've never met 
Because even though you haven't met that person, they still have an impact on your life, right? Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with with being sad, uh, right? I don't think there is. That's there's a there that is always a recognition of the human condition. Mm -hmm. That is empathy, right? And that's always a good thing, and we should cultivate that, right? Um, I do think there is something. There can be something problematic when we. Uh, wrap ourselves up in a celebrity that which right? fair which which people do right yeah. and there is an uncomfortable sense of ownership that the morning has less to do with the person the actual person that passed than what that person means to you mm-hmm. do you know do you understand what i'm saying with that there's a there's an almost like like that person isn't real but what they may have made me feel is real and that can make me slightly uncomfortable, right? Because I, if you're going to mourn, I believe in mourning the person, mm-hmm. right? It shouldn't be about you. Yeah. Um, I also think that there are certain parasitic or, or parasocial components to celebrity worship, right? And that, that, that's uncomfortable. But w- w- recognizing all of that intellectually, you can also note that there are exceptions, right? That peop- there are people who were so significant in what they did um, so significant in their life that they may not fit that. And I think Chadwick Boseman falls into that. One, because he didn't really fall into that celebrity culture, right? Yeah. And two, clearly by the fact that he kept this thing f- hidden for years, is an indication that this person also lived a very private life. True. Right? So I, I, for people who are pushing back, I'm like, yeah, you missed, there's a lot of times you can have that conversation. This one, I think you're, you're off the mark, right? Yeah. This Chadwick Boseman is an exception here because he really did. He doesn't fall into that typical conversation about celebrity culture, about people getting wrapped up in 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 the person as a symbol and ignoring him as a person. I think that that's the kind of you miss that with Chadwick Boseman because at every turn he kind of re reminds you of the humility, the humbleness, and and the fact that the guy was suffering through cancer and would go and visit cancer patients. Yeah. Right? That he was suffering through cancer and decided to, to leave such an iconic legacy, to give, to be a giver, even in that moment. And that is something, right? If any time you're allowed to be selfish, it's when you've got cancer. Right. Right. <laughs> if there's any time you go, it's about me, fuck everything else. It's when you have cancer. Like, you, that's when you can be selfish. Yeah. Right? Literally. And he didn't. But one, and he didn't. One he time chose, in your life you should be. Yeah. And he chose not to. Yeah. It's sad, man. Um, <clears throat> yeah. You know, I, uh, it is. Uh, they did clearly indicate that uh, they're not going to recast. Disney has also stated they're not going to recast the role. Okay. So there will not be a uh, T'Challa. But Black Panther will probably endure and survive. and. There's already conversations that his that his sister Siri will take it on. Shuri will, Shuri will take it on. Yeah, yeah I called her Siri. Yeah, <laughs> she basically is. Yeah. Uh, Shuri will take on. Uh, and you, the and you know what? If like, and I think that that is amazing too, right? Because now it gives young black girls and young black women, you know, right. that representation yeah. that is, yeah, like, <laughs> I, it's it's a completely different topic. Right. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't even know if it if it's an appropriate topic to say. But like today I was I was like talking to my coworkers and 
we were, you know, like I was explaining them what like LGBTQI meant because they mm. didn't know. And like, they're like, I've never seen like uh, someone who was born a genetic, or someone who was born female transition into a male. Like you don't hear about that. And mm. so they didn't know who what trans men were. Yeah. And I'm like, that's because it's always like men transitioning are like seen as like they're doing something like heroic, you know, or transit and which it is, right? You're transitioning into the body that like you like feel like the the you're the body that was meant for you, right? I was like, but it's we don't consider the women the the men who you know have, you know, like trans uh, transformed from women mm-hmm. like be seen in the same heroic lens as like trans women are you know like mm-hmm. trans men aren't seen as 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 heroic as trans women are and i was like it's just because it's just the way we see things through like a patriarchal lens and even in like film right mm-hmm. we see strong black men characters but how often do we see strong black women characters well look man i mean i've been dying for a storm movie for ages yeah right it's like <laughs> Come on, you fucked up Storm's character time after time. Give us the Storm. <laughs> Please, just fix right? it. <laughs> right? Especially yeah. considering the Storm is T'Challa's uh, wife. Yeah. At in, one in point, at least. Yeah. At one point, at least. So, yeah, we'll see. I, I think um, as as sad and, and tragic as, as uh, Chadwick's passing was, right? Um. What a what a legacy to leave behind. He did. He left. He left right? one hell of a legacy, man. And this is, I think, uh, something that really that really stands out, and is something that that I've always I've always thought about. It's like, how will you be rem- remembered when you pass? Right? Money fades, even fame fades. The most famous actor in the world will be forgotten in a generation or two. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just the reality of it. True. Um, you think about the actors in the fifties, sixties. Dude, how many people know who Clark Gable is? Yeah, you know, or Jimmy Stewart. St- some people still remember, but in general, they fade. They, yeah. they fade away, right? Yeah. Maybe someday you'll have a Wikipedia page. Yeah, and that's kind of it. But the the thing that that endures is legacy, mm-hmm. right? The thing that endures is the impact you have on people's lives. Did you make people's lives a little bit better, or not? Right, and it's clear that he he did. He had a huge impact on people's lives, both professionally in the roles that he took on, but also personally in the thoughtfulness that he brought to everything that he did, the uh, care that he put into everything, from small things like making sure the accent was right in Black Panther the line of bury me at sea like this is an example of a person who's got who's really whose thoughtfulness exudes everything that he does Mm -hmm. and in turn the impact that he had on his colleagues his friends his uh, you know the people around him uh, the generosity of spirit uh, and i think that's what he'll be remembered for everything else will fade right Mm -hmm. fame will go away money will go away all of that but people will remember the impact they had, the deep emotional impact that he had, both professionally and personally. Yeah. And the generosity of spirit and, and the, the embodiment of grace, that is what his legacy will be, or at least I hope that's what his legacy will be. You know, I'm, I'm not particularly big on, on celebrity culture, but this was, this was a celebrity death that was very tragic, without a doubt. Um, 
and and so all of us in, you know in the nerd world are feeling it and we're all in this together turn to someone uh, close to you tell them you love them yes. uh, remember that you never know what people's personal struggles are and if you can ex- be kind be kind right extend a little bit of kindness to a stranger extend a little bit of kindness to the people you know you don't know what people's struggles are um and just you know hold precious to this thing we called life because death is the great equalizer it comes to every single one of us rich poor at some point or another it's a somber note but hopefully uh, a meaningful note and that's where we're going to end it uh, today a little bit of a tribute to chadwick boseman one of our favorite actors uh, and someone who had a huge impact on our lives um uh not just because we were fans of black panther but also because you know we're minority nerds right yeah. we come from minoritized communities so seeing positive representation in any form is always uh inspiring to us so with that i'm going to turn this over to diz who's going to lead us out yes you can find us on facebook facebook.com slash currently nerdy twitter at currently nerdy instagram at currently nerdy tumblr currently nerdy.tumblr.com we're on uh youtube youtube.com slash currently nerdy we're on google play uh stitcher and the itunes podcast app so make sure you give us a five-star rating and review on there um if you want to get a hold of us individually you can Avi, how can i get a hold of you you can catch us on our sister podcast head on history catch you oh yeah catch me on head on history uh i also have a patreon there so check it out patreon.com slash head on history uh for bonus episodes and early releases uh or on social media at a-a-o-l-o-m-i both on instagram and on twitter Diz. You can find me everywhere at Dizbulla, D-I-Z-B-U-L-L-A-H. For everyone here at Currently Nerdy, thank you for tuning in. Remember, stay smart, sexy nerds. All hail the Currently Nerdy Empire.